The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. God bless you, Ecclesia. I wanna take a moment to pray for you. I am in a river along a road near the Venezuela-Colombia border. And uh, this is a road where about 1.8 million migrants that have left Venezuela to stay in Colombia have walked down this road. And before I share with you some stories, I'm gonna invite you into the scriptures today and not just into the history of the scriptures. Uh, but into the story of how we live out God's calling for us. I'm gonna say a prayer and I'm gonna ask today for a bit of a miracle. I've seen some miracles this week and so it's given me the faith to ask for a miracle for you. And so Lord God, I pray today that you would bless my brothers and sisters. I pray today for the brothers and sisters that are all around me, many of them Venezuelan. Um, they're struggling. They're on a journey that we can hardly imagine. Uh, they're invited to go into an unknown uh, that is difficult and dark and dangerous. And in that place, God, we pray that you would help us know what it looks like for us to lean into their story. God, I ask today for a miracle that in the same way that we feel separate from other people, even the people on our road that are at church with us today, we see ourselves as individuals different from them. And we often struggle to really truly see them and empathize with them. God, I ask today that through a work of your spirit, you would make us one one with the people, not just on our row and in our church, but all across the globe. I pray today that as we hear the story of Venezuelan brothers and sisters, that we would feel so profoundly connected to them, that we would see our own children, we'd see our own mothers and fathers, that we'd see ourselves, and that you'd call us into a response that would be beautiful and true and uniquely Christian. We pray all of this together, and we pray it in your name. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray, amen. Well, God bless you, Ecclesia. Oftentimes, as I stand at a place and I get to share with you, my first question for you and for me is, how do we get here, right? How did I end up in this place? I'm standing in a river that uh, winds around a road that's a really pretty impossible road, even if you're driving on, much less if you're walking, and I'll tell you more about that walk for many people. How did we get here? How did I end up close to the Venezuelan border? How have I ended up spending so much time and energy and our church spending so much of our resources and our people and our time to care for Venezuelans? Well, like almost everything, it starts with relationship for us. I've been telling you for years as we saw the crisis in Venezuela, we're praying for Venezuela and we're praying for a way to respond, but because it's dangerous for us to go to Venezuela, we don't have a way to respond. And like everything in relationships, I was preaching at our sister church, Barrera, in Mexico City. And I encouraged them to pray for Venezuela and they agreed and they said, we could maybe do more than pray. One of our church members, Diego, he's down at the border now. I'd been telling you that if God gave us an opportunity to help people in Venezuela, that we would do it. And so weeks later, we were on a plane to come meet Diego. And God led us to even more relationships. And he introduced us to Pastor Mauricio and his wife is Abelina. And they're an amazing church. They're a church that had very few resources, just heart, passion. And they, they took it and they just said, hey, we're gonna rent a building we can't afford right at the border to start to serve people. And we're gonna hope somebody will come along and help us pay for the building. And Ecclesi, I'm gonna tell you more about what you've done to pay for that building, to renovate that building and make it one of the most remarkable ministry centers I've ever seen in my life. 
We began relationships with people you'll hear about today, like Alexandria and Jorge Alberto, and so many remarkable people. And it's led us to more and more relationships. So how did we get here this time? Well, we planned a trip to follow up, but I gotta tell you the story. Because uh, in recent weeks, I invited you to bring supplies. I invited you to bring supplies because on this particular trip, we'd planned to fly on United and get here in a typical way. And we had an Ecclesian who said, it sounds like you need more supplies than you can get on a United flight in the bags that you can check. Even if you got status, you can only check three 70 pound bags. He said, how about I work out an arrangement for a plane? And he did. It was awesome. We loaded up, Ecclesia, in just a couple of days, you brought us literally, it's about three plane loads. We're still working on ways to get all the rest of it here. You wouldn't believe the excitement we got to share with people the supplies that you offered to them as a gift in the name of Jesus. It's been beautiful. The only problem was, as we got ready to, uh, to plan that trip, We'd get pilots, they'd sign up, they're ready to go, let's go. And then they'd look up Cucuta. Well, I don't know if you've looked up Cucuta or Norte de Santander, that's the region we're in um, near the Venezuela border. But when they looked it up, they said the State Department isn't so excited about that area. In fact, they give it a level four in the region, which is uh, do not travel. Um, now, again, there were some do not travel regions in Jesus' day, and you remember what he did, right? Those are the places he went to. In fact, if we wanted to lay out Ecclesia's mission strategy, you know what we should probably do? Is look and see where's the State Department, give us a level four do not travel. That's probably the places we ought to go. And in fact, historically it has. Kurdistan, places like this. And so I gotta tell you Ecclesia, we were so excited to go and every pilot we got on board, as soon as they looked it up, you know what they did? They backed out. I've been discouraged plenty of times as a pastor, trust me, it's not easy. But when you brought multiple plane loads worth of supplies and we had a plane ready to go and we couldn't find anybody that was willing and had the guts to fly into this area, and I get it, it's not easy, but I'm telling you, I was frustrated. And I gathered with my friend James, we were gathering for dinner, we were getting ready for a beautiful event at Ecclesia on race and reconciliation and forgiveness. And I said, before we talk anything about that event, we just gotta pray, we gotta pray for a pilot because we need a pilot that will go there. But most people just, all they can read on the internet tells them, it's not where they should go. So we prayed and we sat down in Chinatown over some really good noodles. I mean, really good noodles for really cheap. And uh, I pray really good prayers in those places. And I'll tell you, Ecclesia, after we prayed, 30 seconds later, I got a message from Brian Booth, an Ecclesian who shared my Facebook message uh, saying we needed a pilot. And he said, call this guy. He might be willing to do it. He pilots that plane. And I called him and he was a Christian. I thought, we got a shot here, but even Christians were backing out on us. And I said to him, hey, we've had a lot of people that say they'll go, but then they're not willing to go to Cucuta because apparently the State Department's not really high on it. And so I don't know if you might be willing. I know you're a Christian. And our friend Javi, Javier, I'd gotten to know him, he's Argentine. He said, Cucuta, that's no problem for me. My wife is from Cucuta, that's her hometown. My in-laws live in Cucuta. I can't wait to go to Cucuta with you. Now I gotta tell you, Ecclesia, most of you, and I could survey a thousand people. Most people don't even know where Kukata is. They don't even know if it's a city. They don't even know if it's got an airport. Of all the pilots in the world that I get their phone number, can you imagine why I would get the phone number of a pilot whose wife is from Kukata? Because God wanted you to be a part of something beautiful and he wanted to get these supplies here. And I can't wait to tell you more stories about it. What we do know though, is that our church, we went into to 2019 with only prayers for Venezuela. And now, We've been serving here over the last year and there's so much more to do. What I wanna share with you today applies not only to Venezuelans, but to you and to me. 
If you go through a hard time, what's the main thing you want God to bring you? Have you thought of this? Like you're in a really hard time. Well, the first thing is that it wouldn't be a hard time, right? That it would be easy. But let's assume that's not possible, that you're going to go through a hard time. What do you want as you go through a hard time? For me, and what I've learned for our Venezuelan brothers and sisters, it's exactly the same, is that we just want God to be with us in the hard time. We want to have this sense that we're not alone, right? That's why in Romans 8.31, it reminds us that if God is for us, right, who could be against us? And what our Venezuelan brothers and sisters have been desiring is that God would be with them no matter what. They're on an exodus, literally. They're leaving a place of profound oppression. It's as desperate and dark as we can imagine for the children of Israel when they were slaves in Egypt. Uh, people are starving. Uh, there is very little hope. We're hearing stories of people that have businesses and they were thriving and the government's taking everything from them. They can't afford to buy food or medicine for their kids. Doctors are leaving, hospitals are closing. It's desperate. And so what they're doing is they're going on a journey and this is what amazes me and I, I wish every one of you could be here to see it. They're going on a journey to a place they don't know, a lot like the children of Israel. And they got no idea how they're gonna get there. They literally, uh, like our friend Pastor Mauricio, they just step out in faith before they know how God will provide. It's like stepping into the sea and hoping God's gonna part it and then he does. I just see it over and over and I gotta tell you, your faith will be so much stronger if you hear the stories in this message. You really let them sink in because they are beautiful. And what God's people wanted, if they were gonna take a journey with God, if they were gonna make an exit and believe that there's a promised land out there somewhere, all they really wanted was for God to be with them. In fact, I wanna to read to you from Exodus 33. And in Exodus 33, I'm gonna start around verse 14. This is what God says. God says to his people, they're going, how can we do this? This feels so hard. And God says, my presence will travel with you and I will give you rest. That's what I've been hearing over and over from our Venezuelan brothers and sisters. We came up on the road with a family. They're just sleeping out in the middle of the road. You ask them, how are you doing? They just said, we're really tired. They're walking up these mountains. Many of them are coming to this river. It's one of the reasons I'm standing in it. We're trying to get away from the road because there's so many cars going by, but people are coming to this river to drink. And I'm grateful, Ecclesia, that of the many things you're doing here, that you've been able to find a station, a set of tents where medical care is happening, where uh, people are getting their feet washed, they're being cared for. We gave a lot of gifts today. You funded a bathroom uh, where people can go and use a safe bathroom. It's a beautiful gift. And Moses says, he says, says to God, if your presence doesn't travel with me, then don't lead us away from here. How will the people know that I've gained your trust and blessing if you don't travel with us? Isn't it the very fact that your presence travels with us that distinguishes us from every other people on earth? And I gotta tell you, the Venezuelan people are asking the same thing. Now, you remember the story in the Exodus. God said, I'm gonna let you know I'm with you. Now, this was a different day before Christ. And God said, I need a tangible way to let you know I'm with you. And so this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you this cloud and it's gonna be a pillar of fire at night. And it's gonna say to you that I'm with you. And so when you get scared, when you get hungry, when you get thirsty, and they did, remember? They'd run out of food, God would rain down food. They'd run out of water. Moses would hit his staff and water would come forth. But it didn't provide instantly. They had to have a lot of faith. And God said, what you're gonna do is you're gonna look and you're gonna remember that I'm with you. Now, this is what I wanna ask you to consider today, Ecclesia. How will our Venezuelan brothers and sisters know that God's with him? Is he going to provide a pillar of fire? cloud? My suggestion to you is that because we live in a day that Christ has come through his spirit to dwell within us, the way that God dwells with us is to send 
our brothers and sisters to be with us and to say what we say often here, Dios te bendiga, God be with you. God go with you. And it's one thing to say it, it's another thing to do something about it. And so, Ecclesia, you wouldn't believe since we found out that we had an opportunity to be here. We didn't have money planned in the budget. We just started working. We started fundraising. And we've already, we've got many more commitments going forward this year. And there are some of them are gonna be faith commitments. We're just gonna step out and say, God, we need you to provide for all of these. We've been able to provide over $135,000 worth of direct resources. Now that'd be supplies, that's renovating the church building. We built out a kitchen. We're employing five people in that kitchen. They're feeding 700 people every week. We're providing five jobs and those people every week, 700 people. Now we've done a few of these days like we did this week and we, we got great bands and music and we hired the best cooks you can imagine from one of the best restaurants in Colombia. And they made 4,300 hamburgers and cupcakes and soda and so many gifts. And I gotta tell you, I don't know about you, Ecclesia, but if I go through a difficult time, anybody here, you've, uh, you've moved homes recently, you gotta pack everything up in boxes. I'm telling you, if you and your wife, your spouse, your kids, you're not on the same page, people get grumpy, right? They, they call it one of the top 10 stressors to move, financial trouble, there's a bunch of these medical troubles. Can you imagine moving, not being able to take your things, not having resources to make the trip, not knowing where you're moving to? Now, I don't know about you, but I think about being in that position and my stress level just went up and up and up. And I gotta tell you, our Venezuelan brothers and sisters, they gathered in lines with just hearts filled with joy. They had to wait, you know, sometimes a couple hours to get one hamburger, but they were so thrilled to get that burger. We had Ecclesians here serving them, I'm telling you, beautiful smiles and greetings and prayers. And we just, we got to go out on the bridge. We ran out of food at the end of the day. We just bought as many cakes as we could. The church had, we just got to go out and share pieces of cake with kids and just remind them, Dios te bendiga, God is with you, God be with you. We're with you and we're here to remind you of God's presence. And Ecclesia, this is what we're called to do. Right? There's this beautiful passage at the beginning of John 13. And Jesus says, right? Jesus, knowing that he had come from God and was going away to God, he stood up at dinner and he removed his outer garments. And he then wrapped himself in a towel and he poured water in a basin and he began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with his towel. And Jesus said, I'm gonna show you what love looks like. Ecclesia, I'm so proud that we've had groups. We've got here people today right now and they're just washing the feet of Venezuelan people. They're washing their feet. Most of us have just taken off our own shoes. We're giving our shoes to people because they need shoes to go the rest of the distance. You gathered a lot of shoes and we're sharing those. Giving new socks, we're praying a prayer. If you think you don't love Venezuela, I gotta ask you, do you love Jose Altuve? I do. We've got a great quote from Altuve. He says, I literally love Justin Verlander, and people commonly say, I literally love Jose Altuve, and I love Altuve, and I know you do too, and he's, uh, he's a, a huge figure in Venezuela because they love baseball, and the Astros, they gave us, you wouldn't believe, we got so many of these jerseys from Venezuela, it's got the Venezuelan flag on it, we've given away hundreds of these, uh, kids get so excited, they gave us backpacks that have socks and a hat, for Venezuelan kids, and I'm telling you, you see a kid get one of those, it's the best gift they got ever. They even gave us 300 World Series rings. So we're sending a bunch of them to pastors in Venezuela because most kids in Venezuela won't get a Christmas gift, but this year they're gonna get a World Series ring, the same one, not the same diamonds, but similar to the one Jose Altuve got, and they're gonna have a gift at Christmas. Ecclesia, I'm so proud to be a part of this community. And what I wanna tell you is that um, as we lean into this next year, the end of 2019 and 2020, 
I hope and pray there's more things that we do here and in other places that none of us would have ever guessed. I'm gonna ask you to give because as we give our resources, as we become a part of one big church, we've got more opportunities to make an impact here than I could even begin to describe to you. The 135,000 we've invested so far, we could quadruple that, we could make even more impact. We feed more people, share with more people, love more people. I, I just gotta tell you, I've encountered the most Christ-like people. They're hungry, they're scared, and you know what? They've been patient and Christ-like and kind and loving. I wanna invite you today to consider some ways that we can lean into God's surprises. There's some for you at home and there's some for you here. Some of you may not want to travel to a level four area. I gotta tell you, I'm so proud of the Ecclesians that have come here and they've been washing feet and they've been serving hamburgers. That's not for everybody, but together every gift we give, it allows us to buy those hamburgers and to bless. I'm telling you, Pastor Maurizio, his wife is Abelina. They are full brothers and sisters with us. We want to care well for them. And they're exhausted and tired because they've been caring for so many in need. So Ecclesia, I want to introduce you to one of my hero pastors. Pastor Maurizio stepped out and rented a building he couldn't afford. Can you imagine signing a lease and not having the money to pay it? And you know what God did? God sent us and he prompted us. He just spoke, whispered in my ear and said, ask Maurizio about this. And he says, yeah, we rented it. We don't have the money. And Ecclesia, you provided together. We're covering the rent. We've renovated this building and they are doing amazing ministry. I want you to hear firsthand from Mauricio. And as you hear from him, I want you to ask yourself, what does it look like for me to pray for La Frontera Church, for Mauricio and Isabelina? And what are the ways that I should be involved? You're gonna love him as much as I love him. Nos trajo al sector de la parada un punto muy estratégico para poder servir en amor a una nación tan maravillosa como es la nación de Venezuela. Creo que no hay diferencia de que ellos sean de Venezuela o de Colombia. Eh, sé que son hijos de Dios. Como que cada vez que los veo siento esa compasión, ese amor, esa necesidad de ayudarlos, eh, de, de hablarles, de aconsejarlos, de darles un abrazo. Todo el tiempo quiero darles un abrazo, todo el tiempo, a pesar de, de cómo vengan. Eh, cuando me siento muy cargada, voy a Dios. Voy a Dios, oro a Él para que Él me dé nuevas fuerzas para seguir adelante, porque es una constante de todos los días, de ver su necesidad, de no renunciar tampoco a lo que estamos haciendo. Dios eh, nos habla del edificio. Nosotros en fe creímos por este edificio. Este edificio ha servido para que el amor de Dios les haga venir nuevamente a tener sentido en sus vidas. Ha sido una experiencia apasionada. Ellos también se involucran para ayudarse entre ellos mismos dentro del edificio y acá volvieron a ser familia. Le damos gracias a Dios por este privilegio. No nos ha dejado solos el Señor. Amigos maravillosos han estado acá ayudándonos todo el tiempo. Como familia, a mi esposa y a mis dos hijos, todo el tiempo nos han estado animando de que continuemos. Cosas que hemos podido hacer este año que me llenan a mí, que me han llenado mucho. Este, ver a los niños como han llegado desnutridos, muy delgaditos y ver cómo están subiendo de peso. Ellos vienen y se alimentan, toman su tetero, su biberón. Eh, lógicamente se les atienda con mucho amor, pero ellos están subiendo de peso. Estamos viendo el cambio en los niños. 
eh, nuestras vidas han cambiado y nuestros corazones han sido probados, nuestros principios han sido probados, nuestra fe ha sido probada, pero el Señor ha sido glorificado y le damos gracias a Dios por eso. Ecclesia, I know you love La Frontera Church. I hope someday you get to worship here, but now you know, Maurizio and Isabelina, they're your brother and sister. They're leading beautifully. One of the first introductions they made for me was to a beloved sister, Alexandria. I met her while we were doing medical clinic and I watched she was serving. She had been in an accident and her leg was fractured so many times, it was shattered to the point that there was really no ability to fully reconstruct it, but the doctors in Venezuela did their best. And what happened was with all the pins in her legs, uh, her leg became infected and no one here was able to deal with this kind of infection. The answer was really clear. They needed to get her to a place with better medical care. You may remember, I told you the story. We thought we had her a flight, but the truth was because the Venezuelan government was shut down, she didn't have a passport and ID. She did what many people did. She went and tried to get one forged for her. It didn't work. She was really ashamed. She came to us so ashamed and we said to her, Alexandria, you're, you're so close to losing your leg. Every Ecclesian would do the same thing. We'd do anything. She's got kids. She wants to be able to chase them and love them and carry them and serve them. And I'm telling you, Alexandria is a beautiful, remarkable, loving, strong woman. We kept praying and you know what? Her whole church prayed and God provided a miracle and we got Alexandria a passport. And you know what else we got to do? We put her on a plane. We got to put her in business class because her leg didn't fit in coach. You think you don't fit in coach. Imagine trying to fit in coach with all of this structure on your leg. We got her in business class. We flew her to Buenos Aires. And in Buenos Aires, our dear brother, Pastor Marcelo Robles and his church took her in. They took care of her. They brought her to get medical care. We've been able to pay for it. Uh, we've been able to uh, provide for her food and financial needs. And over a number of surgeries and treatments and uh, about two months worth of uh, IV antibiotics, that infection has been defeated and it is clear now, more than 27 doctors collaborated on her treatment. It was that difficult. They worked together and Alexandria's leg has been saved. She's now back here in Venezuela and she's caring for her family. At some point in the near future, we're gonna send her back to Argentina. She's gonna need a knee replacement so she can fully walk. But you can see she's strong, she's capable, she's amazing. I want you to hear from her because uh, you're a part of her story and she will never forget you. Bueno, para la gloria de Dios, pude viajar a Argentina. Allá fui recibida por el pastor Marcelo Robles. Eh, una bendición en la congregación que me recibió allá. Llegar, salir de, de acá, salir de mi país primeramente, llegar aquí. De aquí el Señor me llevó a Argentina, donde no conocía a nadie, no sabía quién me iba a recibir, no sabía nada. Y me fui confiando en Dios. Me fui creyendo en esa promesa que el Señor me había dado de sanidad. Salía el hueso muy deteriorado por dentro. Y ellos abrieron y resulta ser que la infección era más benigna que maligna. El hueso no estaba tan deteriorado, o sea, fue totalmente un milagro de Dios. Eh, el que yo, el que mi pierna no, no, no tuviera que haber sido amputada o no tuvieran que haber puesto nada adentro. Eh, muy agradecida, primeramente con el Señor, porque eso nada más lo puede hacer Él. Siempre tenemos esa, espera, esa expectativa, ¿no? esa esperanza en Dios. Pero nunca imaginé que, que el Señor iba a hacer tanto que me iba a poner tantas personas hermosas como usted, Pastor 
Ramón, como el Pastor Cris, como el Pastor Marcelo, como Cecilia, que fue una hermana en Cristo, ya que me recibió con tanto amor en su casa. Fue una conexión, fue algo, me abrió las puertas de su hogar, con su familia, y el proceso ha sido largo, pero ahorita entiendo el propósito de Dios, pero ahorita más, entre más fortaleza me da el Señor, más quiero, más quiero estar trabajando en su obra y totalmente metida con Él. O sea, estoy ahorita muy centrada en el Señor, no por, por lo que Él ha hecho, sino quiero de ese amor que me, que me han dado y ese amor que he recibido, quiero darlo también, ¿sí? Quiero, quiero, quiero que la gente vea reflejado ese milagro que Dios hizo y dar testimonio de que el Señor cumple y que el Señor es bueno y que para Él no nada imposible. So, Ecclesia, I'm guessing of the resources that you've given to Ecclesia, that our offerings go together to do things like this, I'm guessing most of you could join with me and go, I'll never regret being a part of helping Alexandria save her leg and bless her life. Um, she's going to be a gift to a lot of people. And this is what I need you to know, I long for you to know. There are thousands of other opportunities to do just the same. We've met more people on our trip in need. I want to be a part of that. I want you to be a part of it. We're going to share with you some specific opportunities now. And I want to ask you as 2019 begins to wind to an end, that all of us would be open to wherever God would lead us at the end of this year and into 2020. I'm grateful that we're on an adventure. Just like our Venezuelan brothers and sisters, we don't know where it's going to take us. I know that we come to it in a place of comfort and strength and stability and that God gave us that comfort, that strength, that stability so that we could share with others. It's the way of Jesus. It's a great way to live. And I'm grateful that we get to share Houston Astros jerseys and hamburgers and medical care and so many other blessings with those that Jesus loves. As we contemplate some specific actions, will you join with us now? And then we'll prepare to celebrate communion together. Ecclesia, I wish, um I wish I had the words to um, explain to you what it feels like uh, to receive a, a hug from a mom uh, that knows without a church in Houston, strangers, people she didn't know, she just met once. Right? She had no idea where we were sending her. What would, when you get a hug from a woman who says, your church saved my leg, it's, it's the best freaking hug you've ever received. Um, There's a lot about my job that can drive me crazy, but I get to represent you to a woman like that. Is one of the, it's one of the greatest gifts of my life. Um, I don't know if you realize, but most pilots are only certified in uh, one or two planes, right? We have a very specific plane ready to go. I'm not a mathematician. I'd like to hire somebody at Rice to figure it out. But the odds that I'm going to get connected with the one pilot certified to be a captain in the one plane that we have, whose wife is from Cucuta, Colombia, I'm just telling you, those odds are like God-sized odds. And I can tell you that I got a lot of friends who are pastors, and they have spent a lot of their time this year doing things that they're not sure really matters. Um, I got friends that are trying to raise a million bucks to fix their broken pipe organ to do things that um, I, don't, I don't even enjoy organ music so much. <laughs> But I can tell you, for a buck 25, um, you give a hamburger to somebody that hadn't had meat, 
in months or years. If you're a vegetarian, get over it. Um, I'm just telling you. The joy that you see on those faces is just beyond what I can describe. Let me tell you quickly what's exactly happening at the border. Um, there are three groups of people, three different types of things happening at the border. Uh, there is one group uh, by the thousands every day that leave Venezuela to try to get supplies to bring back to their family. Uh, because there's so little they can acquire, because the economy is desperate, because stores have closed, whether it's toilet paper or baby formula or almost anything, uh, they're trying to come across. Some are working, some are so desperate, you can imagine the things that are happening so that they can try to provide something for the people when they go back. And you'll see in the video, they're just carrying more than you could ever carry. Uh, there is another group of people that um, have just taken their whole family. They've realized going back and forth doesn't make any sense. Let's at least go to Cucuta and we'll sleep on the streets there. What happens at night is that uh, there are places where you can play a small amount and you can get indoors, but you've got a really small area and people are just crammed filled. Not necessarily a bathroom, no sanitation, not much. And then the streets are just filled with people sleeping on the streets. And they're hoping, they're begging, they're relying on ministries like the one that you provided for. And I just got to tell you, it's crazy that I preach at a church in Mexico and I bring up, our church loves Venezuelans. And they go, do you really? Do you really? Because we got somebody right at the border and they need help. And a great part is that I get to pastor a church where most churches would go, well, next year we're going to think about how we could budget for Venezuela, but the budget, it's kind of passed. We'll have to think about it for a while. I'm just so glad I get to be a part of a church that we go, we're on a plane in two weeks and we're there and we meet a pastor and we get to say, oh, you, you've, you got that building? How do we make it work? How do we pay for it? And you pay the rent on it every month since they got it. And I'm gonna tell you more about Mauricio, you're gonna love him. There's a group of people uh, that are going over and they're just living on the streets. They're hoping to be sustained. And gratefully, we have a role in helping feed people every day there. It's about 700 people every day that get fed, um, six days a week. Um, then there are people on a real exodus, uh, people that are just leaving. And what's happening is they're hearing stories that somewhere else, right, there's hope. Many are hearing Bogota is the promised land. And they're getting to Bogota and find, finding that it's overrun with Venezuelan people, that there is no work, that it's a really difficult thing. So what should we do? This is often what I want to help you conclude with. So let me give you a few things. One is we need to respond to some new needs. What happens because we're a church that's actually on the ground, and I just got to tell you, um, you go to these places, and most of the time I expect to see a lot of relief organizations, a lot of other people that look like me that are walking around helping organize. I got to tell you, Venezuelan people, the most powerful thing for me going back this time is that uh, so many Colombian and Venezuelan people came up to me and with tears in their eyes and said, we can't believe you're coming back. Thank you. We can't believe you're coming back. And, uh, and I just remind, whether I'm here or not, our church is present, and we're just going to try to keep being present with you. Um, but there's not a lot of relief. There aren't people that look um, like North Americans walking around and helping. So what I'm telling you is by being on the ground, we're learning things. We're learning things that we didn't know. What's happening now is a lot of people that had gone to Bogota, they're figuring out there's nothing in Bogota. Now, this is what you, if you can wrap your mind around. People that have come from Caracas just to get to the border, it's an unbelievable walk. Then uh, they're going from the border and they're walking to Bogota. Up the mountain, guess how many days it takes to get to Bogota? Basically a full month. 
You're walking like this mother that you saw with her baby sleeping on her. They're walking till they're too tired. They're laying down and sleeping. And you bought three vehicles that help transport people. So now when they go to one of those tents, we not only wash their feet, get them shoes, get them socks, feed them, do some medical care. We can put them on a vehicle and help eliminate at least eight to 12 hours worth of walking. But what we're learning is from the people that have gone to Bogota and then they said, there's nothing in Bogota, I'm gonna go back. Can you imagine now walking a month back? They've come back and they're telling us that what's happening is when people are reaching the altitude, at the border it's about 90 degrees, it's hot. People are in t-shirts and shorts and they got basic things. When they get into the altitude, it drops below freezing. And so what we're learning and we didn't know is that little kids and babies that are most vulnerable are often dying from the cold when they get there. Now, it's the kind of thing that we just, we didn't know. We, we weren't hearing but, because there hadn't been this kind of migration pattern we hadn't learned. We're the kind of church, what we're doing this week is we're finding our church partners. In, they can't carry coats for when they get ready, right? It's too much. But we're gonna work together. I'm gonna, I can't report to you yet because we don't know who, but we're working on our church partners in the area once they get to the altitude so that we can get coats and blankets and things that'll care for them. Does that feel like the right thing to do to you? So it's 9 a.m. and I'm never sure if you're stunned or if you're like, that's just what we ought to do, right? And so we ought to make sure that everybody has, so there's some new needs that we need to take care of. There are existing programs and funds that we're just not at any point ready to cut off. So all the groceries you see at the tent, Ecclesia pays for those. As we uh, work on transportation and gas for those vehicles, as we try to add other vehicles, we're trying to do basic things like care for Pastor Maurizio, who's carrying a heavy burden. We bought him a vehicle because he's got to lead that ministry and he doesn't have a way to get around reliably right now. And when I sat at dinner with him and I just told him like he wanted to buy a big van so they had one more big van. And I kept saying, no, Maurizio, this is going to be your vehicle. This is... And his wife, Isabelina, she just, she started to sob. We're at a restaurant, right? And just the idea that there were people, a church, a group of people in Houston that wanted to care for them was just beyond them. We're doing things to you that may not seem significant, but I can tell you from being in a place of caring for people, it's really hard. We're, we're providing just little things like a gym membership for Mauricio and his wife. Because you know what? He needs to go exercise. He needs to deal with his stress and his trauma. And we're just saying, hey, we love you. You know, maybe you should get up in the morning and go to the gym and say a prayer. And um, there's so much more to tell you. What we need is all those, those programs to go on and we need to add to them, not pull away from them. So I'm gonna to talk to you about how we do that. And then I'm gonna ask you to pray. This week, um, we'll be in Argentina. We're gonna be celebrating some of the first water wells in a region called Chaco. And what we're doing is bringing a lot of our partners in Latin America to Argentina with us. So Pastor Mauricio and his wife, Isabelina, are gonna be with us. Uh, our friends, Benny and Janice Hsu from Mexico City are gonna be with us. Uh, Pastor Marcelo in Argentina. And what we're gonna do is talk strategy and budget for the next year. and you don't realize it, but Houston's in Latin America. You know that, right? Like, we're a Latin American church because we're in Latin America. Now, you can get back and forth on, you know, when we were Mexico and when we we're Texas. And we can, you know, I, I was in seventh grade. I took Texas history. Um, but just based on the number of taquerias on my street, I've decided we're in Latin America. <laughs> and so... Um, so if we're in Latin America, then we have a responsibility to lead out and to care for our brothers and sisters across Latin America. And so we're trying to do it as strategically as we can, uh, as best we can. But I got to tell you, I'm thrilled to be a part of a church that God has blessed us and that we don't have a mortgage on this place and we're not looking to add a million dollar steeple or a new pipe organ or anything else. What we want to do is gather our resources and use it for things like this that matter. 
And the best way we can do that, there's two ways I want to tell you today. We're going to have the baskets out today as we take communion. All of it will be for Venezuela. We're going to do a lot of that. But what you need to know is that you're a part of a church that we're going to look to operate as lean as we can. You wouldn't believe uh, the people that, that, that go into trying to cut anything we can cut. Um, we, we operate on as thin a margin as we possibly can and care for our people well. And then so that the abundance of what God gives us can go to places like this. And the way that we can budget that is for those of you that say, I'm gonna automate my giving for next year. I'm gonna, and we, we know it's coming and we can plan and we can say to Maurizio, you know what? We've decided we can fund that next thing that you want to fund. And together we get to do some things that are really, really beautiful. I should have put up a photo of them, but just let me tell you about Alexander and Alexandria as we depart. Uh, this is a family that we, um, that we met uh, along the way. We had a big uh, van and we just literally picked up as many people as we possibly could. Uh, as we were walking. Uh, they have a little uh, baby boy. You saw him in the video with an Astros backpack on. You remember seeing him with a big smile. Um, his name is Moises. When you meet a baby Moses coming out of Venezuela, you, you can't ignore it, right? I mean, he's baby Moses. And he's headed to a place he doesn't know. And I got to pray over him that God would take he and his family to the promised land. And I don't know what that looks like for him. And we can't do it for everybody, but we connected him with the church there in Bogota. And we're ready to, we're paying their rent for the next month. And we're trying to help him get work. And we're just going to do what we, you know, we've said around here, we're going to do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. And we're just going to keep building on that. And I believe, Ecclesia, that as we share in this mission, that God will bless us more than even the people that we get to serve. And I wanna be a part of a church like that. And I'm praying that you find a sense of mission and purpose. My hope and prayer for you is that your job wouldn't just be a job. Your job would be a way that you get to give and share with people in need in a way that transforms you and that you'd find extra joy because you get to participate and I get to participate in things like this. So I'm gonna ask God to bless our communion elements. We're gonna pray a prayer of confession together and then we're gonna to come to the table. My hope and prayer is that the miracle that I prayed for at the beginning of the sermon, that you would feel connected to brothers and sisters you've never even physically seen, you saw some of them today, would be real. And that you'd sense this deep connection and say, if they're not doing okay, I'm not doing okay. And so I'm gonna lean in with all that I have Lord God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for Ecclesia. I thank you for the chance to be a part of a church where we can make an impact. God, we are so richly blessed. And we pray today that you would pour out your love and care on pastors like Mauricio and his wife Isabelina, uh, that sisters like Alexandria, uh, who have been through so much, that Lord, you just continue to restore her leg and her life and her health. And that you would give us great joy and that we get to be a small part of it. God, today we ask you to bless this bread. We believe it's a physical reminder to us that the God who made all things draws near to those that he created in love. And that then he came to us and he taught us and he said, would you go do the same? As I was sent, I'm sending you. And so Lord, we thank you that we've been sent to Kukuta. We thank you that we've been sent to Kurdistan and to Palestine and to so many places where others might not want to go. They don't think it's a tourist spot. And yet I'll just tell you, I've seen more beauty in these places than in the most magnificent mountains. Because the greatest beauty that you created, Lord, are the people that you made and they are made in your image. And we pray, God, that as we recognize your image everywhere, 
and we celebrate it, and we bring uh, a sense of justice to those places that we would find who we're made to be. God, we thank you today for this cup. We believe that it is a healing balm to all of us, a place of forgiveness. We pray all of this together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.